Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Our topic today is Billie Eilish. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, where we take a look at art from pop culture and uncover the true, good, and beautiful elements found therein. Let's get started. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism on Awaken Catholic. You can support this show and shows like it by becoming part of the Awaken Nation. You can make a monthly donation. Go to awakencatholic.org slash donate and you get access. Not only do you do an awesome thing in supporting the shows here and feeding the people that support that make these shows and keeping the lights on and the, and the cameras running, but you also gain access to exclusive content. You get uh, talks from show hosts and presenters like me, some talks that I've given that you won't get any other way. Uh, and and lots of other cool perks as well. You can also download the Awaken app, which is not in the app store. You have to go to the awakenapp.io and you get to chat with show hosts uh, like me and uh, about the shows, about other things. It's a great uh, little Catholic community uh, getting getting larger all the time. And if you are part of the Ad Awaken Nation, you also get uh, premium content through the Awaken app as well. Another great app that also helps us out is the Hallow app. If you go to hallow.app slash awaken, you, you get a free month of the premium version of the app. It's a, and that helps us out as well. And it's an awesome way to, um, kind of jumpstart your prayer life. My wife uses it every night. I love to do the exam and she loves to do the rosary and the readings of the day. It's just, you can do it in the car. It's a, it's a great way if you're looking for a little more Jesus in your life. And as always, you can just like and share and subscribe and rate and review, send a text to somebody and say, Hey, this episode's on Billie Eilish. I know you're a fan or I think this might be interesting for you. Um, check it out. All that stuff helps us. Uh, thank you so much. So this topic today, Billie Eilish is actually by request. I've gotten a couple people that have suggested that I do this. Uh, thank you, especially Chris, who recommended that I uh, that I do this episode. And I was thinking about who do I want to talk about Billie Eilish with? And um, my friend Kevin Hyder runs an awesome podcast about songwriting called Song and Story Podcast. And yeah. you are just you're a great songwriter in your own right. You just have a, you have a brand new album out. Yeah. Um, well, by the time this is filming, it won't be brand new. It will have been out for a couple months and I'll, I'll let you uh, uh, tell us about it. But I just I knew when I was listening to Billie Eilish is like this album was made in a bedroom. This album was recorded at home and just it was written not primarily just with an instrument, but also with like the software and the programming. And I was like, I need somebody who knows about the different ways to write songs and knows a lot about songwriting. And I was like, Kevin Hyder is who I need on this episode. <laughs> so welcome Kevin to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh -huh. And thank you for, for driving to, to be here. Um, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, singer songwriter born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I live now again, currently with my <laughs> wife and our four kids. And, um, I, I, I say singer songwriter as a genre. It's very ambiguous. Uh, it can accompany, it, it can encompass everybody from Bob Dylan to Taylor Swift to Billie Eilish mm -hmm. and Dylan and Eilish. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which I learned. <laughs> <laughs> as you were listening to Billie. <laughs> yeah. As, mm -hmm. as I've been really kind of diving into to Billie's canon. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you. I know when I first reached out to you, you're like, well, I've, I've, I haven't really listened to her much, uh, but I'm willing to. And just thank you for being willing to, to do the do, do the homework. Yeah, man. So. Well, it was, it was at I was actually at an Oscars party. Mm -hmm. um, I love, love watching the Oscars live. And she would they kept showing this girl in the audience with green hair. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who it was. Mm -hmm. And everybody. I said, I said, who is that? Why do they keep showing this person? Mm -hmm. That's Billie Eilish. I said, who? Oh, I'm supposed to know who that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. And they were shocked. They're like, you do music. How do you not know this is like, I just, I feel like mm -hmm. I've heard the name, but I didn't know anything. Yeah. And then she came up to sing the song live for the In Memoriam, which is when they, you know, show the reel of mm -hmm. all the, the people involved in Hollywood who've passed yeah. over the year. And she sang absolutely beautiful yeah. arrangement of uh, Yesterday. I did see the that. Beatles yeah. song, uh -huh. and it was it was so pretty, and I was like, "Oh wow, she's really good." Mm -hmm. Still didn't dive in until mm -hmm. you asked me to kind of be a part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the stuff that she puts out, I will say, is like 
totally different. Totally than different. That. So yeah. it was somewhat, mm-hmm. it was somewhat shocking just in, in that yeah. respect. So if you are like Kevin was and you don't know who uh, Billie Eilish is, um, she's like the maybe the, the biggest pop artist in the world right now. Like she's up there with with Taylor Swift. I think until Taylor Swift's album Folklore came out in in 2020, Billie Eilish was like the most streamed musician, and then uh, on Spotify, and then. Tay-Tay overtook her. Um, but she's won like, uh, she won a ton of Grammys off her last, last album. Um, she's like one of the big names in, in pop music right now. And at the, at the time that this, uh, episode will be released, she will have just come out with a documentary, uh, about her. And I'll, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And she's only like 19. She, yeah. So, so yeah. she's about to Which turn 19 is nuts. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think by the time this episode airs, she'll be 19. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, 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 crazy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about just the, the, the art in the, in the music of it. When you're, you're listening to this, like what, what grabs you, what captures you? Like, what did you think was cool? Well, you know, it's very different listening to the, uh, her songs as they're produced versus the, the little three song set that her and her brother did for mm-hmm. NPR tiny desk. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, when it's just the two of them just playing live, it's, uh, it almost has kind of that, old school jazz lounge lots of jazz and vibe you know um it it had that a very classical feel to me so then when you listen to the produced stuff yeah uh again totally different and so that was kind of my trajectory my my trajectory was the uh the song at the oscars Mm -hmm. beautiful arrangement of a classic and then the simple kind of little uh live three song jazz lounge set and then i entered into everything else Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so totally like the talent is undeniable. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, she, it's phenomenal. And I kept listening to it and I watched some interviews and just kept thinking like, is shocking to me mm-hmm. that she put this out when she was 16 or yeah. 17. Uh-huh. Like, it's nuts. So, so I was watching a, an interview with her as well. And she said, so she was homeschooled and her brother Phineas who produced the album. They just produced it like in her bedroom. Yeah. And so apparently her parents had a rule that if they were making music, the parents were not allowed to say, you have to go to bed. They were allowed to stay up as late as they want. That's fun. As long as their parents, as long as they were making music, they were allowed to stay up. And so that's how you get a 16 year old. And, you know, I I think Phineas is a few years older, but who can make this level of music. Um, So all you homeschool parents, just discern whether that's a rule for you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just... She, who she reminds me of being, being a, a child of the nineties in much of my musical stylings. And a lot of what I still listen to is nineties music. It reminds me of artists like Fiona Apple reminds me of even Marilyn Manson, you know, like the beautiful people, the beautiful yeah. people before we, um, started filming, we were watching some of the videos and I, and I said, yeah, it's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> it's definitely got some of that macabre kind of imagery mm-hmm. to it. Um, and I was, I was thinking what I was going to title this episode. And I, w- I was thinking, I'm going to call it like Billie Eilish homeschool Gothic. <laughs> you know? yeah. And if, um, so I was an English major at, at Catholic U as in my undergrad. And when we studied the American Gothic writers, like, um, Edgar Allan Poe and Flannery O'Connor, the, like what they hone in on the reason they hone in on these kind of, you know, depressing, even like shocking, bloody, I already used the word macabre, but that those, those sorts of dark themes is because they reveal something about the human spirit when you come into contact with them. And so, and I, I feel like that is what Billy is tapping into a little bit with this dark imagery and, and talking about, you know, death and self-harm and addiction. There's definitely a, I don't exactly, it's not always clear. I think where it leads, but there's definitely Mm -hmm. a memento mori. Yeah theme throughout it Absolutely. especially memento mori meaning for those of us who don't speak Latin. Uh, remember your death remember your death yeah. okay so yeah. i don't speak latin but okay. i know that <laughs> <laughs> i know that one uh yeah it's uh, uh no i lost my train of thought mm-hmm. well uh, the other thing i love is just how um like some of the beats they come up with are really cool and really catchy like bad guy like the it's just yeah 
it's just it's just a lot of fun <laughs> and uh, you can you can bop to it like when I was listening to it just like around my kitchen preparing for this episode my wife was like what is this I like this I can vibe with this she starts dancing you yeah. know so um, that, that's that's it, pretty cool see that one to me kind of reminded me a little bit of, not not that it sounded like this but in terms of the production and how catchy it was mm-hmm. and how simple it was uh, and unique was uh, another one by Sadust mm. because it's just like it's this driving catchy baseline yes with not much else to it initially mm-hmm. uh and then it it kind of throws a few surprises at you well and it what i notice is in some ways it's very produced and it's yeah. in other ways but they I, as i know as a rule phineas and her they've said that they don't use any pitch correction on her vocals any auto-tune on her vocals unless it's like intentionally supposed to sound robotic or something like that and so they just do a million takes so what you you have a lot of like influence of like lo-fi hip hop where it's like these sub basses that almost like you feel more than you hear. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of these really high frequencies on the other end where she's like taking out her Invisalign or it's knives sharpening or glass breaking. You can hear that all through the album, these really high frequencies and these really low frequencies and not much in the middle except her voice. Yeah. And that is very, very queen, you know, uh, we will rock you. It's just, just like his voice until the end, then you have a guitar solo, (laughs) you know? So there is a lot of just letting the, the, the pureness of her voice shine through and she's this close to the microphone and you hear every breath and every, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And she's, uh, they they do a lot with the, um, the doubling of the vocals, Mm -hmm. which can correct at, at least tricks the brain in the absence of pitch correction. Uh-huh. Okay. Because there's so much that's, I've, I've used that trick uh-huh. <laughs> before. So, so you're, you're telling me they're not as precise as I think they are? Well, it, <laughs> they're still cheating look, a little bit. She, I don't, I, not I mean, that it's cheating. I don't have perfect pitch. Yeah, me neither. But even just listening to the tiny desk stuff, which mm-hmm. is all live, single camera yeah, take, like, she's good. She doesn't need it. Yeah, she's really good. I can't fathom mm-hmm. her hitting a, a wrong note. Yeah. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And a lot of it does kind of have the feel of you're in the bedroom because it is so close. You yeah. know, it's so close to the microphone. There's not a lot of reverb and compression. It's just, it's just, it's right there. Yeah. And it's often like she's whispering in your ear. Often you're, it's, you're in the bedroom having a beautiful nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful nightmare. Yeah. Like what, what is it about those, that, that, that Gothic that just, that just captures us and, we almost like it in some ways. There's something arresting about it. Um, I don't know, but there are throughout music history, you see these artists who, who, who go that way. Like David Bowie did it some and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it yeah, is. I don't know if it's like a, one of those things where it's like, Hey, this is pretty fantastical. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. God it's not real. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I wonder, I wonder if Escapism. that, yeah, if that plays any, mm-hmm any uh, into it at all but i don't know it kind of did you ever see the film pan's labyrinth yeah i didn't mm-hmm. think of this comparison until just now mm-hmm. um that guy with the eyes in his hands it's yeah like so but freaky. it's yeah. it's that film is is an amazing uh story or, or example of using art to kind of escape from mm-hmm. the trauma you know it's this girl's it's it's the spanish civil war going yeah. on around her and it's a horrible world and she's got this I, I forget if it's the step I think it's the stepfather I don't remember or the stepmother mm-hmm. one of them it's is a not a good person very violent person and so to escape from this she has this incredible like fantasy world that she's constructed uh-huh. in her mind uh, but it's just as bad. It's almost like the violence from the real world has mm-hmm. infected this fantasy world. So there's no escape from it. So wow. in a weird sense, I wonder if, especially, I think you, we see this more looking at Billy's music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'd be interested to know, like to what extent are these videos designed to enhance mm-hmm. kind of like what's already going on in the song, or are they just ways to kind of reinterpret yeah. Or reimagine it, you know, mm-hmm. but it's almost like the the macabre elements in the music are kind of coming into the, the yeah. dream world that uh-huh. she's creating yeah. in the music videos. Really interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, some of it reminds me a little bit of of Sia's music videos. Have you ever seen any of Sia's oh, music videos? Was... It's got, it got a little bit of that flavor. Um, 
I've not seen any of these. Yeah, well, anyway, she's got some weird, some weird. It's not, it's not as like dark as Billie Eilish's, but yeah. it's, it's kind of in that vein. And I feel like an artist like Billie has been coming for a while. Like we've, we've had hints of stuff like this with Lord a few years ago, and, and, and also Sia. And we're, we're kind of coming out of the 2010s where it was Katy Perry. Um, you know, Taylor Swift is a pop star, not a country star. Um, and you know, Ariana Grande and Miley Cyrus twerking and like, it's this huge bubblegum pop phase. Right. And now we're getting into the, I think Lord was kind of a reaction against that. And I think Billie Eilish is definitely a reaction against that. Um, and she wears baggy clothes, you know, she's not walking around in, in skimpy things and you know, she dances, but not in like a choreographed way. It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I feel it's, like she's a reaction to what we've had for the, for the past 10 years. So she's dancing in very much kind of like a, a broken ankle type mm, way. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, so people know, don't know what she looks like. So that's, that's Billy as her, her hair color of choice right now. Currently, um, this is the cover of her last big album, which came out in 2019 when we all fall asleep. Uh, where do you go? Where do we go? And that was the, the song I opened with, uh, that line comes from that song. So there she is in her bed, a little bit in that nightmare bedroom imagery. I mean, the album was made in the bedroom. It's interesting. There she is with her brother Phineas and I love their relationship. They are with all their Grammys yeah. they won. <laughs> and it's just, it's so tender, the brother sister relationship. And you know, he just supports her and she supports him. And he's like, he like, helps her learn about audio production and you know, they're teaching each other stuff. And, um, it, it's just really cool to, to hear them talk about it. It's like, that's what I want for my, for my boy and my girl that yeah. they, they can collaborate and be friends. And, um, yeah, it seems like really, it, it's funny because you get this image of her as like very twisted and dark and sick. And then she's like very wholesome homeschool kid. Like yeah. she goes on tour with her mom and <laughs> you know, she, even in bad guy, there's that lyric about like my mommy likes to sing along, but if she pays attention to these lyrics, she won't, you know, <laughs> she, she won't like this song if she listens to the lyrics. So anything else about the art that you want to talk about? Not necessarily. All right. So let's, um, what are some, uh, let, let's talk about some of the songs. Um, is there a song that really grabbed you that you wanted to talk Why not, about? I'll, I'm going to let you pick. All right. So I want to talk about, um, my, my favorite, I think is, uh, where is it here? Everything I wanted. So this is actually not off her last album. It's a, I think it was just released as a single. Um, I had a dream. I got everything I wanted, not what you'd think. And if I'm being honest, it might've been a nightmare. Interesting. There's that nightmare idea right. we've been talking about. Um, I thought I could fly. I stepped off from the golden. I assume she's talking about the golden gate bridge. So she's talking about jumping, flying, dying. Um, but nobody even noticed. And so what I, what I see here is her kind of wrestling with fame and she has, she has gotten everything she wanted. <laughs> You know, yeah. by the age of 16, 17, 18, she's an international pop star, armfuls of Grammys, more than she can hold. And she's followed on Instagram by millions of people. It's like she's got everything she wanted. Like what? What now? Is this my dream or is this a nightmare? Because now all these people are looking at me and like, what if I let them down? What if they stop caring? And now that I've got their attention, like, what do I, what do I do with it? What's next? Yeah. You know? Well, she, I, I don't remember exactly how she worded it, but they played this one on, on the, for the tiny desk concert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she specified, I don't know if you remember this, that this was uh, a song about each other. Mm. Her, and Her and Phineas. Yeah. Being brother and sister, which I thought was really interesting. Like yeah. the one line that I highlighted that stuck out to me, having that context for it was, mm -hmm. uh, if I could change the way you see you wouldn't wonder why you were here. Mm. They don't deserve you. And that's like, I kind of say that to my wife, I think sometimes when she's, you know, I don't know. I think we all have the tendency to, I wouldn't call it self-conscious, but we can all be like a little self-deprecating. Yeah, insecure. Especially with the people that we're most, yeah. you know, familiar and yeah. vulnerable and comfortable with. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, you know, I probably said it to her, a week ago, you know, mm -hmm. like I wish that you could see yourself as I see you. Yeah. And absolutely. then you Amen. wouldn't be saying any of this negative stuff about yourself. Yeah. You know? And so like, uh -huh. I got that from the song. Like if I could change the way you see, you wouldn't wonder why you were here. Like mm -hmm. if, if you could see yourself as important, uh, 
as I see you. Yeah. Like you, you would know how much of a purpose you have. Amen. Yeah. You know? And I, I feel like I've had that conversation with people and people have had that conversation with me. And, you know, I think, I think of a, a relationship with God, all, all the times in scripture where Jesus meets someone who is a sinner, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the woman at the well, the woman caught in an adultery. And he's just like, does anyone here condemn you? I don't condemn you, you know, go and sin no more. Like there's this, there's this loving gaze of you see yourself as, as trash, yeah. but you're my beloved son. You're my beloved um, daughter. Um, uh, a friend of mine was giving a talk one time and he said, you know, in, in all the gospels and all the Bible, there's only one place where God, God, the father directly speaks to God. The son There's other times where the voice of God appears and he speaks about Jesus, but there's only one time where he speaks directly to him and it's at his baptism. And then one thing he says is you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that, that idea that we are, we are beloved. And like, that's what God sees. Like he looks on us and all our, and all our muck and all our awfulness. And we, as, as Christians, we're supposed to be sacramental in that way to, to one another. We're supposed to be the physical sign of that. So when my wife, my friend is not seeing that beauty within them, Yes, there's a cat. That scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Pop culture cat autism. Yeah. So uh, we, we are supposed to be that for one another. We're supposed to help one another recognize the beauty that, that we have and, mm-hmm. and encourage one another and say, no, you, you, you are beloved. Um, so, and yeah. it is hard for us to see it in ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and coming off of that, the, they don't deserve you. Mm-hmm. Like to say that to somebody you love, like, yeah. You are such a gift to people and they don't, yeah. they don't deserve you. Uh-huh. Like that's what makes it a gift It is a gift. that you don't deserve it. You know? Ugh. So anyway, Beautiful. that was like, so it was funny to have that kind of thought about the song before then diving into the, yeah. the darker stuff. Yeah. That's, so. I was, I was just thinking it was, um, you know, kind of a, a more simple love song. Um, well, but, it, it yeah. is that too. At yeah, the same it could, time, it know? could be that too. And, and not that that would be shallow in mm-hmm. a, in a romantic relationship. I don't know, but somehow the knowing that it's the two of them, the brother and sister that, that warms my heart. Yeah. Like a warm cup of coffee. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting. I tried to scream, but my head was underwater. They called me weak. Like I'm not just somebody's daughter. Interesting. Like that, that idea that like, they don't see me as somebody's beloved. They just see me as some girl on the internet who makes weird music, you know, interesting. Lose sight of the person. All right. Yeah. That's a, anything else about that song? I don't think so. I love that song. Yeah. Um, this is another one. Did you have one you want to talk about before we moved on to, I don't remember this one. This one, this one is not on the album. I'll, I'll talk about it. I forget whether this is on the album or whether this was released. We're in this new world where you don't, we can release music without albums. You can just release single yeah. singles. Um, but I know Miley Cyrus did a cover of this recently and this is a Billy song. It's, it's cool. It starts off like very, very mellow. And then it kind of has a dance beat drop in halfway through, but it talks about, um, I can't seem to focus. Uh, where is it? Um, Oh, I'm in love with my future. I can't wait to meet her. And I'm in love, but not with anybody else. I just want to get to know myself and kind of, it's kind of this growing into her, into herself and, mm-hmm. and kind of seeing what she's called to. And, um, you know, from a Christian perspective, it makes me think it's like, oh, she's figuring out her vocation. She's figuring out like how God has specifically made her and called her to make a difference in the world. Um, now I don't know her faith background if she sees it specifically like that, but that's what it makes me think of. And if I, uh, you know, I had a student or, a, a, a my, my, my child come to me and say, oh, I love this song. Like I would say, well, here's what I see in this song. I see a young person like coming into their identity and their giftedness and how God has created them to create and like get and give beauty into the world. Um, so, uh, I also, this is a theme through several of her songs. There's a place here. So it says, I know better than to drive you home because you'd invite me in and I'd be yours again. Yeah. Which one is this from? This is my future. This is the same one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, but there's in several different of her songs, there's this, there's this voice where she's like, I, I know I shouldn't do this, so I'm not going to. And it's very interesting in like super poppy music to hear like self-control exhorted because that's not normally how it is. Normally it's Miley Cyrus. We can't stop. We're going to do whatever. If it feels good, what's wrong with it? You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I did write this same line down okay. in my notes here. Yeah. I know better than to drive you home. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And then the line after that, that I wrote down was I'm in love, but not with anybody here. I'll see you in a couple of years. Mm. And that to me was like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm remembering this song now. Um, it's all coming back. All it coming is back all to coming, you now. All coming back to me now. Uh, I took it almost as like whoever she and this was before i don't even think i knew how old she was yet mm-hmm. when i was listening to this or how young i should say yeah before i was listening to this and i kind of took it as uh as the guy was he wanted one thing mm-hmm. and it wasn't what she was willing to give mm-hmm. and uh basically like she was in love with who he knew she knew that he was mm-hmm but he had not come into that person yeah. yet. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Like he hadn't realized himself in that mm-hmm. way yet. So it's almost like, I think you'll get there. <laughs> come back in, in a few years. years. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of how I, mm, how I took it. Yeah. My wife and I often say to each other is like, it's kind of good that we didn't meet. Like both of us dated on a lot of other people <laughs> first is like, if we had met earlier, we probably wouldn't end up together because yeah. we're both kind of a mess. Like yeah. we needed to go through a few things to get to the point where we were like ready for each other and ready to, to grow together. Um, so interesting. Um, so Zanny, this is one of the songs off the, uh, off the, when we all fall asleep album. It's kind of on that, the same theme of a certain maturity from somebody so young. So Zanny, a reference to a Xanax, Xanax yeah. pill. Um, and it's kind of like, her being at a party and she's like, it's very jazzy. I love this song. And then it has that like deep sub bass come in halfway through. Um, and it says, you know, I must be missing something. They just keep doing nothing too intoxicated to be scared. Um, they have ashtrays and I'm just here drinking my Coke and I don't need a Zanny to feel better. It's kind of, I don't know if you, you were ever this kid in high school, but I was always the kid that really wanted to be popular, but I, I think I was smart enough to know not to like, get like blackout drunk and, and drink and do all that stuff. So I would go to some of those parties and just be like the sober guy. And after I went to a couple of those and I looked around, I remember going with my, my friends, Kevin and Doug to a party one time. And, uh, it was like the first time I'd ever been to like a cool person party and there was mm-hmm. drinking and the parents weren't home. And I, and my, my, my parents didn't really know what they were doing. Sorry, mom and dad, you're finding out about this now. And, uh, <laughs> I went in and I'm just kind of there. I was like, well, this is kind of stupid, yeah. <laughs> you know, and not to judge anybody, but it just kind of, it kind of seemed like some of these people don't know how to have fun without this. You know, it just kind of, they don't really know what they're doing. They're tra- they're playing at being grown up. And, um, I think my friends even ended up getting into a fight over a girl that night. And then we just left and it was kind of like just a lame night. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what this reminds me of. I don't know if you were that's ever funny. that person. I, you know, I didn't necessarily make that connection listening to it, mm-hmm. but Totally. Just, I think just reading those words now. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I, so I actually did not have a drop of alcohol mm-hmm. all through high school. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not going to like credit it to virtue. Mm-hmm. I think part of my way of, uh, it honestly was part of my way of rebelling mm-hmm. because it, everybody was doing it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I had like a, just a horrible experience, uh, my freshman year. Where, mm-hmm. where I was around somebody that was high school or college, high school, high school, freshman year. Yeah. Somebody, another freshman was intoxicated and it just completely ruined mm-hmm. the thing we were at, like had to get their stomach pumped. Like it was oh horrible. Gosh. Yeah. And I just, it, it was a very surreal moment. I was just like, I don't, why do people do this to themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it just doesn't seem fun. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want that. And so, uh, anyway, I, like you, mm-hmm. I was always, when I did, go to the parties i was always i just never i was there to hang out Mm -hmm. just to like be with people and i think that because i was there was probably some people there that ended up either not drinking at all or not drinking as much because they didn't have to because not everybody there was not everybody you know so i had a similar experience and i um and i feel like it led me to have better friends not mm-hmm. that my friends never, never drank, but, um, it wasn't about the drinking. Right. It was like, we were friends and we were having fun. And then if they were drinking, like that was just, and then when I turned 21, my, my grandmother, I, we had a lot of alcoholism in, in my family. And so, um, my grandmother for all of our cousins, she had a thing. She's like, if you make it till you're 21 without having alcohol, you get a thousand dollars on your 21st birthday. And so there were, some of my cousins were like, Nope, I'm going to drink. But some of us, some of us, some of us made it to 21. <laughs> some of us did some other things other than alcohol before 21. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, um, try not to be super specific for my cousins out there who may not want things on the internet, but, um, yeah, it, it, 
it became for me almost like this badge of honor. Like, yeah, I'm going to rebel. I'm going to, and it, I think it did put me in crowds with better people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, not that you're a bad person if you drink, but I think just, it kind of, it, it kind of made me hang out with people who were, who were okay with doing things differently. So, um, and it's interesting to see that that's at least in some ways, that's where Billy is, you know, that she's even, even though she's surrounded, like she could have any, anything she wanted. She's yeah. got the money. And you know, when you're that famous, like people will give you what you want, you know? Yeah. And uh, like, I, I wonder to what extent, because she's so young, man, like I yeah. wonder to what extent this type of reflection is only, I, I don't know. I wonder to what extent her being able to have the wisdom in this reflection is possible because she already had so many years of experiencing uh, the joy and the fruit of creativity mm-hmm. that like, and that totally gets killed once the intoxication comes in, it's like, yeah, you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing else real yeah. is going to happen that night. Mm-hmm. But if she can stay up all night, as long as she's creating something, yeah, uh-huh. like, I, I, so I, I feel like the moment after experiencing that for so many years with her brother mm-hmm. at home, you know, getting into this world and, and seeing this, uh, type of, of socially acceptable behavior, like at a party, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I wonder to what extent um, it was just instantly like, this is the opposite of yeah. what I love. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I don't need it. I want to look at this, uh, this last verse. They're waking up at sundown. They're late to every party. Nobody ever says, sorry. They're too inebriated now to dance. Morning as they come down, their pretty heads are hurting. They're awfully bad at learning. They make the same <laughs> mistakes and blame circumstance. Yeah. And I mean, I think in other circumstances, that that might be me where I blame the circumstance, but I definitely know lots of people in this situation where they go to a party, they get trashed, they make bad decisions, get in a fight, hook up with somebody, and they just kind of blame the circumstance. And it's it's a way of kind of um, living with no regrets. And, yeah. and um, you know, five years later, they wonder why they have hard time with intimacy. They have a hard time not drinking. They have a hard time having fun. Um, you know, so I think I think a lot of times we don't realize how how destructive these, these things can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let's, uh, anything else about that song? I don't think so. Okay. Was that the one with the office references? I can't yeah, remember. The one with the office references is, uh, um, which one is the, it's, it's the Michael Scarn threat level midnight. Uh, oh, that yeah. Michael Scott had the, uh, <laughs> he had this whole, um, like spy movie made up and they yeah. took references from the office. And so, uh, Nick was, Delatore was just telling me that apparently they did a, uh, there's an interview with rain Wilson with Billy about, and like, he's like quizzing her on oh, office really? stuff. I haven't seen it yet, but, uh, I'll try to find That's it and so put it in funny. the show notes. But yeah, one of the songs, I, f- I forget which one it is, but it's, it's a fun little song. That's so um, funny. yeah, <laughs> no, Billy, I don't do that dance anymore. <laughs> How are we doing on time? Are we going to get to crown? Yeah, let's talk about crown. Okay. You can see me in a crown. I'll let you go because I'm probably going to flip the script on crown. Okay. So I, I don't think I actually have the lyrics here for you can see me in a crown. But as as I kind of understand it, it's <laughs> um, she. there's this line about um, tell me what's worse, living or dying first. Yeah. You can see me in a crown. It's almost, almost a little braggadocious as, uh, you know. I'm this little homeschool girl, but I'm crushing it when it comes to music, y'all. I'm 19 and I'm top of the charts. Like there's a little, a little bit of that. You should see me in a crown. Um, anyway, that's, that's kind of, kind of what I uh, took from it. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything deeper there that I'm missing. Flip, flip, flip it for us. Well, that was, so I, I had your note, mm-hmm. um, before I listened to the song uh-huh. when you had highlighted that line, yeah. which is what made me want to like listen to the song. But when mm-hmm. I first my first listen was also watching the music video, mm-hmm. which you just showed me, which I just yeah. showed you, which <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's, she's wearing a crown, it's just her sitting on like a stool in a room wearing a crown. And there are spiders crawling like some talk a little more into the mic. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, spiders crawling on the top of the crown and then uh-huh. tarantulas like crawling up her leg uh-huh. and on her shirt. And none of it's CGI. Mm-hmm. It's all, which I later learned it's wow. all real. Um, and there's even crawling on her face in her mouth. There's one point that, yeah, yeah. so we'll get there. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. Do you, are there any introverts in your life? 
Yes, my wife is an introvert. Okay. And I'm an extroverted extrovert with extrovert sprinkles on top. So. Do you, what do you think Billy is? I think she's probably an introvert. Okay. Yeah. When the chorus of this song first hit, uh-huh. I thought, because it's kind of jarring when you mm-hmm. get to this like, yeah. and, it, uh-huh. the, and the, the camera shakes in the video. To me, I was like, oh gosh, this sounds like probably how an introvert's brain feels <laughs> when they're at a party. Okay. And once I had that thought, uh-huh. I couldn't shake. I was like, I have no idea if that's actually what it's about, uh-huh. but it fits, man. Yeah. Lyrically. Lyrically. So this All is, right. I'm going to do air quotes here. Do it. When I'm doing a line. Okay. And then when I'm done is my commentary. Okay. On. Good. It opens. Bite my tongue. Bide my time. Wait till the world is mine. So wait till I can be alone again. <laughs> these people are all here because they fell for these ocean eyes. Which was Which the song that put her on the map. Yeah. So it's like, I was just alone in my room recording the song mm-hmm. and it was great. And now people love it and they all want to come up and talk to me. They're only here because they love this song. Wow. Okay. okay. But I just want them all to go away because silence is my favorite sound. Hmm. Okay. And that's like, that's interesting to me as a creator because what we do is like, we sit in silence, mm-hmm. we have an idea, we let it foment. Yeah. And then once we start being creative, we break it. It's like we need the silence to contemplate yeah. how we're about to break it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, silence is my favorite sound. So then she asked, what's worse, living or dying first? Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, the note I wrote was, could be asking someone an uncomfortable question to make mm-hmm. them go away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or. Smell, ask, my, smell my fingers. <laughs> yeah. Or she's asking herself because when you're racked by the anxiety of the crowd, you honestly don't know the answer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this is like, I, I could, just, I could hear like some of my introverted friends being like, you know, small talk is worse than death, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And then there's the line, uh, the, the, the phrase blood on the marble walls, blood on the marble walls. And uh-huh. I'm thinking like imagining everyone in the room is dead so that you can just be alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would rather literally have spiders crawling on me than yeah. talking to you right now. Well, so that's, then we get to the, the next line, which seems like totally in advance being made at a gathering, mm-hmm. the voice of some dude, like, come over, baby. I think you're pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. And her response is, I'm okay. I'm not your baby. But if you think I'm pretty, you should see me in my crown. Mm. So this is where the music video becomes key to this. Yeah. Interpretation to to this interpretation, because right after she says that she opens her mouth and a tarantula crawls out. So it's like talking to this creepy dude who's trying to advance. And it's just like, I'm not your baby, but if you think I'm pretty, you should see me in my crown. Like he's (laughs) going to leave you alone at that point (laughs) in your introverted self can go back to Uh being alone and in silence. And so I just like, I heard it this way and thought it was, I have no idea if this was her intended meaning, but man, it sure is funny. Yeah, it is. Sure. is funny. I can, I can see that. Yeah. This, when you can see her wrestling with fame Mm -hmm. throughout this whole album, you can see her wrestling with fame and how am I going to react to this? And it's an opportunity. It's like a blessing and a curse. And like, it's that same thing. I had a dream. I got everything I wanted. And now what do I do with it? Um, I heard an interview with Jim Carrey one time and he said, I wish everybody could get rich and famous because you would realize then that it doesn't make you happy. Yeah. And then you would really start going after what really makes you happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just get that over with, be rich and famous and realize that there's plenty of miserable rich and famous people. Um, There's lots of things that we we think are going to satisfy. I I feel like I use this quote in every episode, but St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, O God, until they rest in you. Until we find that relationship with God like nothing else we're going to, we're, we're going to go after, we're going to go after. And if you finally get it, it's not going to be enough. You're going to, re- and you, that could, that could be a relationship. That could be a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. That could be a certain position of power or prestige. That could, that could be money. Um, it could be pleasure chasing a high, you know, climbing the highest mountain, taking the best drug, having the best party, um, having the best college experience, whatever that is. Like there are so many idols out there, false gods that you can go after. Um, yeah, this is not going to satisfy. So you, you see her, her wrestling with like, what do I, what do I do now that I have this? Where does, mm-hmm. where do I go from here? Anyway? Yeah. I like, I'm going to, I'm going to go listen to that song again. 
and try not to think about spiders, but try to think about uh, another thing about my wife. She's an introvert and she hates spiders. So yeah. I will never show her that. That's video. So funny. <laughs> well, that's like I laid this all out for my wife this morning before I drove up here. Mm-hmm. And she just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's an introvert. And, uh-huh. uh, it was just it was amusing. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, uh, do you want to pick a song? Oh, I'll look here at my notes and see what I want to go to next. Um, I like strange addiction. I don't know if you like that song at all. Um, is that the one with the office? That's the one with that's the office. With the, that's okay, strange yeah. addiction. Mm-hmm. It's like, you are my strange addiction. Um, just add some friction. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of, uh, flirty little song. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that it's made kind of silly by the, um, the office reference. And it reminds her, a lot of what she does on the album reminds me of things that people used to do on albums and all, and especially in a lot of rap albums, they would have like these little skits mm-hmm. in between. And you know, the album starts with her taking out her Invisalign and her and Phineas laughing like, this is the album I'm taking out my Invisalign. You like hear her slurp, like her spit into the microphone. And then there's these things from the office. It just, it just feels kind of a throwback to, um, some of those old hip hop albums. Um, or even like an Adam Sandler comedy album. Yeah, sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Was was there any like significance that you could see to it? Like, cause I, I can't recall the, the Michael Scarn thing. Yeah. Like, was it complimenting what she was singing about? Did it make sense to you in terms of like, in, in, I don't know. Um, maybe she's talking about her strange addiction to the office or yeah, yeah. Maybe she was imagining her herself as Michael and Javier. I don't know. By the way, on um, uh, Elevate Ordinary, another Awakened Catholic show, we just had uh, John Mark Rode. I just the host just had and his wife Teresa just had Lead Arrow on to talk about the Office, and it's a great episode. So if you're an Office fan, go go watch that episode. They they do a great job of breaking stuff down. Um, did you listen to All the Good Girls Go to Hell? I did. Yeah. So I I really want to talk about this song because it's got tons of religious imagery. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's just look at the lyrics and see if we can make sense of any of this. Um, My Lucifer is lonely. Standing there killing time can't commit to anything but a crime. Peter's on vacation, an open invitation. Animals, evidence, pearly gates look more like a picket fence. Um, Hills burn in California. It's almost like climate change imagery, almost. (laughs) Um, Like, I feel like there's a lot in this song, all the good girls go to hell, but even God herself has enemies. And once the start water starts to rise, there's more climate change imagery. She'll want the devil on her team. I, I have hard, a hard time making sense of this song, even though there's a lot of religious imagery. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like there's yeah, a, a deeper I, meaning? Uh, <clears throat> I wondered on my first listen if it was, if there was kind of a screw tape letters ish type, hmm. um, character. Okay. So it's like the devil whispering in your ear kind of, yeah, kind of, um, it's funny, you know, again, until like reading the lyrics now is very mm-hmm. different than even listening and hearing them and thinking yeah. about them. Cause mm-hmm. just seeing that Hills burn in California, that's obviously what's been happening Yeah, a lot the mm-hmm. last three years. Um, yeah, I mean, but I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what it means. I don't have mm-hmm. like a good finger on it. It it sounds, it does sound to me like it's more than just trying to be controversial. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like there is a point to it. It's not just using devil imagery to yeah, be controversial. But I'm not quite, I can't quite yeah. put my finger on it. Well, and I wonder, there is a theme throughout like, you know, religious literature of this idea of the devil kind of the way he claims victory almost is saying that like, look, I'm the way things get done. You know, Mm -hmm. God can have his ideals, but really it comes down to me. Like you're going to eat the fruit. You want to be like God, like God's unreasonable. You want to be like God's eat the fruit or, um, uh, if you ever read the the brothers Karamazov, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, he's this, um, this Dostoevsky, this is what you get for having an English major as a, as a show host. But, uh, uh, there's this uh, cardinal who's like an inquisitor in, the, in 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 you know Renaissance Spain, and Jesus shows up, and basically the the bishop 
throws him in jail is basically like, look, Jesus, I know you're here, but we, the church, like really we're, we're in charge and like you taught people all this stuff about love, but really that doesn't work. And like what they really need is control. And that's what we're here to supply is control. Um, and I like kind of the idea of, I'd rather from, um, Milton's paradise lost where the, uh, the devil says I'd rather rule in hell than, than serve in heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I almost wonder if that there's some of that going on here, like, you know, really at the end of the day, God's plans don't work in the real world. Everybody resorts to sin to, to get things done, to get what they want. And like everything's corrupted in the end. I almost wonder if there's a little bit of, of that there. Yeah. Kind of playing off that. Um, I guess it, I, I can see maybe a, a warning there um, where, you know, even if, even if a girl starts as good, mm. you know, and I'm only using girl here because that's what's, that's what she says. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Cause girls are evil. That's what you're saying. That's Michael. <laughs> no, that is not what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, almost that like there's, there's so much, uh, turmoil and like so many ways to be tempted, so mm -hmm. to speak, um, or to lose hope just because of all the crap mm -hmm. in the world that, um, nobody, if, if nobody can stay good forever. Yeah. And, and maybe I'm, the, I'm just like musing thinking. Yeah, out loud well, here. and I think that would make sense with all the climate change imagery. It's kind of right. like, we've gone too far to turn back. Like the world's screwed and like, yeah we've gone too far to be good. Like there's kind of this pessimistic and that, that is the voice of the devil. That's like, yeah. you're bad. You're going to really be bad. You're never going to be anything better. There's no way out of this right. sin. Um, or even if you're good, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Which is why I think it hit the, the kind of screw tape analogy. Yes. Yeah. Hit me. Mm -hmm. uh, I also like, um, it calls God a, a, a her because even God herself, it reminds mm -hmm. me of that Dishwalla song from the 90s. Tell me all your yeah. thoughts on God because I'm, I'm on my way to meet her. Yeah. So I need to get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 90s rule. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, good. That, that, that helped me. Um, that, that helps me uh, make a little more sense of that song. I'm not sure I have it totally nailed down. If you have thoughts on that song, give it to us in the comments because I would love to read and figure it out more. So. Yeah. I'm also like. So some of these, it, some of these songs, man, I feel like there's, n I don't understand how she wrote it because she's so young. Mm -hmm. Like, is it just from her love of, of horror films or she's obviously been very exposed to a, at a younger age to a lot of very adult art, mm -hmm. you know, um, and thought about it. And so how much of this is kind of her mirroring this or reflecting on all of these things and it's coming out in her music, um, and how much of it is just kind of maybe seems a little funny to her because the, yeah. you know, uh -huh. when I listen to the, what's it called? Is it, I wish you were gay. That's yeah. Song? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, that one was again, probably 16 or 17 yeah. when she wrote it. Uh -huh. It's like, I love this boy who doesn't love me back. I wish you were just gay and that would explain it rather than you yeah. don't like me. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is like, you know, for a woman who's maybe a little older than she is mm -hmm. and just, things haven't worked out mm -hmm. in the arena of love and, and really wants to make that connection. Yeah. Just hasn't has someone special. Like that's a painful song. That's painful for men too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But I watched an interview with her where she said it's a kind of a joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, but then she, she said that a couple of times and then said, but joke isn't, that's not the right word. Mm -hmm. So it's like, a part of it was she did think this was a funny concept. Being playful. Yeah, yeah. But also serious. And so I feel like, I feel like her 10 years from now mm -hmm. in the same place, like wouldn't seem like a joke at all yeah, anymore, uh -huh. you know, just would be this moment of, it kind of reminded me of the counting crows. I wish I was a girl. Oh yeah. Great which, song. Yeah. Yeah. Which you look at the title on the track list. You're like, Oh, that's a weird title. Uh -huh. But then you hear it too. It's like, I wish I was a girl so that you would you believe, would believe me. me, you know? Cause then, yeah, I could shake the static every time I try to try sleep. To sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, it also reminds me, there was a Katy Perry song very early on that I don't think would get released now. Cause it's, it's not, it's, just is not that PC, but, um, it was called, uh, you're so gay and you don't even like boys. 
I and do not know. Anyway, that but it's just kind of about how this boy is very effeminate and, um, Oh wow. Anyway. Yeah. So very, very offensive in all sorts of ways. But, and, uh, that was, that was Katy Perry's shtick in the beginning, at least, you That's know, so it was funny. being very, I have no yeah, so. <laughs> recollection of that. You know what else that, that song reminded me of is, um, when, so when I was in college, I dated a girl for, um, most of college and we broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together. And I was, dis- when we broke up the first time I was discerning mm-hmm. the priesthood and, that was kind of why. And when we broke up the second time, I was not discerning the priesthood. And I just remember like the second time hurt a lot more for her because it was like, it was just cause no this clear. isn't working out yeah. right before it was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just, he's discerning, you right. know, it's God's will that we won't be together, but it's harder when it's just like, well, this relationship isn't good anymore. Uh, and that's much harder to deal with. And I see her dealing with the same thing here now is like, I just, I wish there was an explanation other than you're just not that into me, you know? Yeah. Well, so, it, it reminded me of the Coldplay song from the album. Was it magic? Was that the title of the album? Yeah. Like ghost where, stories where he just broken up with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Ghost yeah. stories, which is underrated Coldplay album. Mm-hmm. I forget what the song is called. It might be called Lie to Me, but that's the chorus. Mm-hmm. It's, Tell me you love me, and if you don't, then lie. Oh, my gosh. Lie oh. to me. And it's like, stick a knife in my heart. Oh, Gwyneth. Oh, yeah. But it's, Chris, it's, it's all of this is like that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be, I need to know what the explanation yeah, is. Yeah, there needs to and be a reason. And if you can't give me a clear explanation other than, like, if I don't know, it won't work for me. So just... Mm-hmm. Just tell me you love me. I don't even care Man. if you're lying. Breakups are hard. I, I wrote I wrote I wrote two long blogs for for the Holy Ruckus, which is one of the sites I, I write for, about breakups, about like the Catholic guide to breakups and how to discern a breakup. Like breakups need to be discerned. You know, relationships need to be discerned. And like, you know, what what is your will for this relationship, God? It's 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 tough. Breakups yeah. suck, man. It's just so yeah, it's, dude. it's like really is a, like a death, like a mourning, like yeah. you, psychologically, a lot of times you go through the same things as if a person died. It's uh man, I, it's hard. I wrote getting off into the weeds here, mm-hmm. but I drove from Steubenville up to Traverse city, Michigan, which was, that's a long way. It's a long way, probably eight or nine hour drive wow. with, um, a communications professor from mm-hmm. my college. We both just happened to be kind of working on this. You uh, went to Franciscan. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah we both happened to be kind of helping out with this uh, commercial shoot mm-hmm. up in Michigan. And uh, I think I had him for like one class my freshman year, did not have a relationship with him. But mm-hmm. he's asking me like, we got a, obviously a long way to go. Yep. <laughs> the two of us in the car. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know how old he was at the time, but like white hair. So mm-hmm. at least old enough for the, the pure white hair. Yeah. Okay. And I, at the time I didn't have any music officially released, but I recorded a ton of demos mm-hmm. on garage band and everything. Yep. And so I'm playing them and I had gotten out of a three and a half year relationship and I had a lot of songs kind of, some of them were myself singing, some of them were characters, but just mm-hmm. songs processing breakups. Yeah. And I played one of them, uh, played a couple of them for him. And there was one in particular, uh, that how did it go? Um, I can't, I can't remember the, the line, but when the song ended, man, this guy was like, he'd been married for 30 years, had at least six kids, I think, like mm-hmm. a big family. And when this song ends, he just started talking about a girl that he dated in high school and college and broke up and how painful it was. It and it's like, yeah, man, like it does not leave us. Yeah. You know, even we, when, even when you're like the person that initiates the breakup, which I have been a couple of times, like it still breaks your heart. Yeah. 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 It's, and that's the Counting Crow, uh, uh, same album, mm-hmm. the, the, the Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The price of a memory is the memory of the sorrow it brings. It's like, it's not necessarily that we're really reliving the pain mm-hmm. when we think about it, but it's the memory of the pain mm-hmm. is what sticks with us. Man, we got to do Counting Crows sometime. That'll be a different one. I know you love Counting Crows, but yeah. I love Counting Crows too. Yeah. Uh, let's, so let's, there's a couple more I want to hit. Um, so Bury a Friend, which is what I started singing at the beginning and where the, where the title of the album comes from. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this self-loathing, like, why do you care for me? What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? And then when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Like there's, there's talking these big questions like, am I, am I lovable? And is there anything after this? Like, these are some of the biggest questions that every human being has to wrestle with ever. And every, like, 
for as long as there be humans with consciousness and thinking brains. And as long as there will be, like, I think we will wrestle with these questions of like, am I desirable? Am I lovable? Am I worth anything? Am I good? Is there anything after this? Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. Big stuff. The music video, which we just watched right before this weird. Yeah, it absolutely has that like, and I've heard her reference American Horror Story mm. specifically in relation to that video. So that that's wherever you see the horror, fantastical horror elements in her music mm. videos, it's that's intentional. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until watching the video where I thought, um, like, who's the friend? Like, yeah. is it her? Like, is is the friend this um, uh, the part of herself that she likes? Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah, or is, did she really lose a friend? Did she really have to bury a friend? Yeah. Um, and is that why she's talking about like, I want to end me, you know, is she talking about these end of life things? Like, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, a good, good friend of mine die of leukemia at the age of 33. And, uh, like it brings up these questions like, you know, what would, what would I do? You know, yeah. if that was me, um, if this was my funeral and people were up there talking about my eulogy, what would they say? Um, why do these people care for me? where do we go? Like I've, I've believed, been a believer my whole life, but really when it comes down to it, like I'm still wondering like when you fall asleep, yeah, when I fall asleep, where do I go? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, that could be like when I fall asleep at night, like where do, where do I go? Or when I fall asleep, when I die, where do mm-hmm. I go? So big questions, d- deep thing. And that's, that's one thing I like about her as, as a songwriter, as opposed to a lot of like early Taylor Swift, where it's like, you know exactly what she's talking about. She dated John Mayer and now there's a song called Dear John. Dear and you John, know what yeah. that song is about. And here it's like, there's a lot to play with. You know, it's right. not that specific. Yeah. And I, I think that's, um, and that's a strength of her songwriting, especially for someone so young. Um, yeah, those words are just <laughs> sleep on the glass, staple your tongue. Okay. And they have like staple sounds and glass breaking yeah. sounds all throughout it. It's really interesting. Um, and then, uh, so there's a lot, a lot of kind of self-loathing suicide, self-harm. Um, the other song, uh, before I go, it's all about like suicide and it ends with sirens at the end. Um, so there's, there's a lot of kind of darker, um, did themes she, on that. Did she write that for 13 reasons why? Which I never watched. That, My wife watched it. I watched the first season. Okay, so that's what I'm wondering. Like, did had she written that song and then they picked it up for that, or know. did she write it specifically for that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I've forgotten that that was that was part of that, yeah. that show. Yeah, that would be an episode. That was that's a, that's a crazy show. Yeah. Um, all right, are there other songs you wanted to, to talk about? We're we're getting close to the end of my, this time here. My brain is a Billie Eilish mush at this point. <laughs> There's no spiders, no spider mush. Yeah. I guess better by spider mush than spiders crawling in your mouth. But, uh, yeah. all right. Um, I, uh, if somebody asked you, Kevin, I have never heard of Billie Eilish. What are three songs I should listen to? Uh, what would you, what would you say? And would you advise them to watch the music videos? <laughs> oh man. Um, so just for the sake of, I, I would probably honestly say that my trajectory Mm-hmm. just to to which would be the we'll listen to the the Beatles cover okay. of yesterday uh, and then the tiny desk because mm-hmm. that's the stripped back acoustic performance it's just her and beautiful her beautiful with her and yeah. harmonies yeah. and Phineas yeah yeah and then I would say uh, you should see me in my crown <laughs> with listen to the song and then watch, then watch the music the, video yeah. because yeah. at this point the talent will be undeniable yeah Mm-hmm. And the mystery of the artist will be somewhat unfathomable. Yeah. But uh-huh. you'll want to f- try to fathom it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like she's sense, so yeah. like objectively so talented, talented and amazing. I don't know what to make mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. So one of, one of my, if you're interested more in the music side of this, I, I mentioned this a lot, but one of my favorite, uh, podcast called switched on pop by Vox and they, they do a good job of breaking down Billy's music and just the different influences of hip hop and, um, and jazz and they, they do a nice job with it. Um, my picks would be, I would say bury a friend. That's a great song. Um, you should see me in a crown is just fun and my future. I really like my future. It's, it's, it's kind of turns into a dance song halfway through, but I, I really dig it. It's got a, got a cool message as well. Um, what's the one that opens the album though it's the invisalign one <laughs> well and then it goes what, what it goes into the uh the dun 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 because that one's dun, dun, that one's cool man bad guy 
bad guy. Bad guy yeah. is really cool. That and then cool. at the end, it kind of has this cool outro. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so uh, let's, let's close in prayer. I'll try to, I'll try to put all this into uh, so try to try to, we'll pray for Billy. We'll pray for ourselves. We'll pray for our viewers and our listeners. So wherever you are, just take a moment and uh, remember that you are beloved children of God in the name of the father, son, Holy spirit. Amen. Good and loving father. We know that you are with us. We know that you look down upon us. And maybe if we, even if we don't know that, maybe even if we're doubting Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts that um, you would send your Holy spirit upon us that if we have any self-loathing, if we have any part of ourselves that we, that we don't like Lord, that we would see our belovedness. We would see ourselves as a beloved son or daughter of God, that we would have the strength in hard situations or maybe our friends are making destructive decisions for us to not make those destructive decisions for us to be leaders in those way to help our friends in those ways that Lord, we entrust our futures to you and our callings to you, our giftedness to you, our talents to you. Uh, we give you permission to do big things with us. We ask for you to guide us, um, through the many decisions, the, the breakups, the, 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 the deaths and the hardships that we go through in life, Lord. And, um, we thank you for your goodness to us, even if it's hard to see, uh, we love you and we trust you in the name of the father, the son, Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kevin, for being here. Yeah, this man. was a great discussion. I knew you were the right person to, to unpack <laughs> Billy Eilish. Oh, man. I, when I was listening to this, I was like, maybe I'm not the <laughs> right person for this. Because like, it's it's all so fascinating to me, but it's not it like is. necessarily my my cup of tea. Yeah, me neither. Know? It's not so. necessarily. I, I think I actually like Phineas's music a little bit better than Billy's. Um, but uh, Billy is, is she's fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. Definitely a lot to think about. And I think we're, we're going to hear more from her in the coming years. I don't think she's going away anytime yeah. soon. So we wish you the best, Billy. Yeah. What were Can you I just say? add? Yeah, Because I, I said it before mm -hmm. uh, uh, when I said I don't know what to make of her. Mm -hmm. I, I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I don't want it to seem like I don't I'm sketch. I'm skeptical. I don't know what to make of her. Like, no. I mean, as a compliment, yeah. like. She's a phenomenal artist. Yeah. So uh -huh. it is. Yeah. So Kevin, uh, where can, if people want to find out more about you and what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, my website is just my name, kevinheider.com. That mm -hmm. has links to whatever you might want. YouTube, mm -hmm. social media, um, all my music, uh, that I've got is available on all of the, uh, wherever you get your music digitally, it's mm -hmm. there. Um, CDs you can get on my, on my website. Yeah. But, and in November, uh, you just had a new album out. It came out October 23rd. 23rd, yeah, the end yeah, of October. Yeah, tell an, tell us just EP. a little bit about that album. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's called Make an Honest Stand, and it's just a collection of six songs that are very personal, but there's a lot of, like, it deals with American history, mm -hmm. um, uh, some songs about the state of the discourse, mm -hmm. and uh, it it the songs, honestly, they, they go back as far as six years, but mm -hmm. they they're all feel so incredibly relevant to now. They so do. I would just sum it up by saying it's an acoustic driven examination of our collective conscience. And it's good people. I've listened to it. Up, so. It's good. Thank I like you. the flag hits the ground song. I think, and make it honest stand is also good, but I think flag hits the ground is like my, uh, is that what it's called? Flag hits the ground. Don't let the flag touch the ground. Don't let the flag touch the yeah. ground. That's it. Hit me, hit me right in the feels and you got a great voice and just, Thank you. you're very intentional about the way you craft your art, which I appreciate I, I, song and story. I've, I think I've listened to just about every episode. It's a great podcast, especially if you're into songwriting. Um, I recommend song and story. Yeah. I've so. learned a lot from it mm -hmm. just about how other people do it. It's, yeah. it's interesting. And it's a great introduction to lots of songwriters. You wouldn't, um, know yeah. otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you had my, uh, my friend Kevin D'Souza on, yeah. um, I've gotten into Scott Mulvihill through, through that, like just so many great artists. So yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Um, you can find me, Mike Tenney at Mike Tenney music.com and I'm on social media at PK Mikey T. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, listen to some Billie Eilish. If you're, if you're, if you're vibing with it, uh, you can support this show, pop culture catechism and all the shows at awaken Catholic by going to awaken Catholic.org slash donate. If you make a monthly donation, you will join the awakening nation and uh you get premium content you get talks by me and other awaken presenters and uh show hosts that you won't get any other way you can also download the awaken app by going to theawakenapp.io it's not in the app store it's only through this link and you can chat with show hosts you get easy access to all the all the all the content on awaken and if you're part of that awaken nation you get some premium content on top of that as well so that's a great way to get into contact with show hosts if you want to make comments about the um about the episode and, and talk to me and suggest stuff. That's a, that's a great way to do it. Um, and of course the hallow app, if you are looking for a way to, to 
help your prayer life. It's so good. I know so many people whose prayer life has just gone deeper in their, their, um, just even in the midst of their busy lives, they're finding that this app helps them have time to, to connect with the Lord. Um, so go to hallow.app slash awaken and sign up for a free month of premium through that link. And it, it helps us out. And it will also, I guarantee will help out your prayer life if you use it on a regular basis. And of course, if you liked this episode, share it with people that you think might be interested in, in Billie Eilish or just anything we said, if anyone, you know, who likes Billie Eilish, you know, recommend this to them, send them a text, like subscribe, hit that bell on YouTube, give us a rating on your podcast app, write a review you. All of that stuff helps us. And uh, as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We love you and we'll see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.